the bloodwood and the desert oak Holding wrecks and boiling diesels Steaming 45 degrees The time has come To say fast fair To pay the rent To pay our share something big for episode 30 yeah episode 30 is gonna be a big one yeah that's the one where we get the audio fireworks the audio fireworks <laughs> the big fireworks sound like Boo! <laughs> so i'm lee madonna and i'm josh alvarez welcome to episode 29 of cinepunks 29 29 is cinepunks man Who's i feel not? like i feel like 29 is a rough year i feel like i didn't think we we're gonna make it to 29 episodes really we're three t-shirt prints in 29 episodes, two programs. To be fair, I feel like we're three t-shirt prints in because you have a t-shirt thing. I do. And uh, if we were a band... We have more t-shirts now than Hey Angel and Halo Snakes ever did. <laughs> uh, Combined. Speaking of t-shirts, I uh, I want to specifically thank Mikey Smack for the design. Yes, very and, much so. And uh, on the Twitter, Mike has been letting me know that he's actually been listening to the show. Which is pretty cool, man. Yeah, pretty yeah. Cool. We, uh, we're also big up to Awesome Dudes and Ralph. Yeah, thank you very much. Those dudes are the best. Totally. If you need to have shit printed, you need to be talking to awesome dudes because they're the best dudes and uh, they're awesome. I think, um, I think though, we're still small enough that when people call us out on the Twitters or the Facebooks, uh, we can actually like specifically acknowledge those people. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think as long as we're under 500 likes on Facebook, <laughs> we can still do that. We are so close. Get us more likes, listeners. Mike, get us more likes. <laughs> Jeremiah, Mike, more Mike, likes. Mikey Smack, I know you know so many people that we're not connected to. We want to be so big so we can ignore all of you. <laughs> Yo, remember when Cinepunks was small and cool? No, they totally sold they out, They got man. so corporate. <laughs> they made a Miley Cyrus t-shirt. What's really funny is, well, first of all, if we made a Miley Cyrus t-shirt, I think, well, actually, Mikey Smack would wear a shirt we made that was a Taylor Swift shirt. Right, right, He'd be right. stoked on I that. I didn't, you know, I'm talking about selling out, not staying down. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I do think, funny enough, that uh, we we actually have a corporate sponsor, but all we get from them is donuts. And half the time we don't get donuts because I forget to hit them up. Yeah. But so, it's, it's, here's the thing, we don't need donuts. When no, I mean, you needed a donut. You're no, like, I, I know, need a donut. I know, but the more but that we keep that we relationship. love donuts yes. is the problem. 
I just want to keep our relationship with Federal Donuts, like, good. Yeah. And not that they would ever have an issue with us because the cost of our endorsement is donuts. (laughs) So it's not like they're, oh, we wrote you this big check and you never came through. I mean, you know. We're both wearing Federal Donuts t-shirts right now, which you can't see, but we I got are. a Federal Donuts tattoo, <laughs> only it's right above my booty, so right, right, you, right. you will never see it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> off the rails. Off the rails in the first two minutes. What's happening to us? No, great episode. Great episode. <laughs> uh, so welcome to episode 29. Uh, this episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about Fury Road, uh, yeah. but also just the Mad Max franchise in general. Uh, and I think and post-apocalyptic movies as a whole umbrella term. Oh, I didn't know. So, okay, this yeah, would be interesting. That's a good one, right? Yeah, I don't... There's a lot of post-apocalyptic movies that are just cheap Mad Max ripoffs. And then there are a couple that kind of stand on their own. Yeah. really solid. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, also, there's a weird definition, like Ex Machina. Do you count that as a post-apocalyptic movie? That would be know. difficult because I haven't seen it. Oh, you've not seen it. Okay. No. Well, let's start with Whackin' on Track. Okay. And I will start with my on track, and that is that I saw Ex Machina. Yeah, you, so, you seemed really stoked on it. I was um, I was really stoked on it. Melani wasn't so stoked on it. She got taken out of the movie because of a certain detail, which um, I'm not going to... It's it's a, Okay, here's the thing. So if you know what Ex Machina is, you know it's about AI yeah. and all that. Yeah. Her issue was that Oscar Isaac, who is amazing in this movie... Um, has this super complex, he's developing AI, he's got this amazing, like, laboratory thing. Sure. He uses card keys to get in and out of his super tech bunker thing. Okay. And it bummed Melani out so much that she did not get into the movie because of it. Really? Like, she was upset. And it's funny, because it reminded me of, um, I was listening to a live recording of Billy Bragg. Sure. He's talking about how he's on tour, and uh, his favorite director is Francois Truffaut. And um, Fahrenheit 451 came on. Yeah. And yeah. it had a lot of things that predicted a lot of future stuff in it. Yeah. But one of the things that they didn't predict was a remote control. So they've got these like huge TV walls in the movie. And then there's one scene where the girl goes to turn off the TV and she touches it. And he's like, out of all the stuff that they predicted, they didn't predict remote controls that you can <laughs> push a button from where you are and turn off the TV. Remember, remember when... Uh Cable had the box with the with little the buttons wire. on it. Yeah. Doesn't, that, doesn't that now seem like insane? It does. It's like, wait. You had so to press different buttons in different combos to get the right channels. Beyond that, though, it seems so much more practical because you never lost it. Oh, that's true. Whereas, you know, Lord knows how many errant remote controls are just lying well, but littered you, throughout the streets of Philadelphia. I will say, if you have a Roku, they have an app now. Then you're you less your likely phone? to use. Then you're less likely to lose your phone. I'm assuming for yeah. most people. Yeah, yeah, most people are connected to them inherently. So okay, so Ex Machina yeah, was Ex on Machina track. You would recommend it? Oh, highly recommended. I, I can't wait for you to see it so we can discuss it because I really want to, and I would have. It's just been hard to get to the movies lately, so yeah. we just haven't been able to see it. Okay, fair enough. But it's. I think it's an amazing movie. I thought it was really well realized. Um, I thought that the stuff, the implications of it, as far as being a robot movie. The implications right. are far more terrifying than any other horror movie I've seen recently. So I thought it was really good. Another thing that I did that was on track was um, Melania and I saw um, we saw uh, Sins of the Fleshapoids and Lupe, two movies from the queer underground of the 1960s. Sure, you said on. you were going to this. Oh yeah, it was awesome. It was the same. So we saw those two and then we saw Pitch Perfect 2. So uh, it was a it was a very not action packed night. I was, I heard bad things about Pitch Perfect uh, Pitch too. Pitch Perfect Two. It's the it's 
the directorial debut of um, Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. To which it has a lot of those first-time director problems. Okay. In that it has so many ideas just monkey-wrenched together. It seemed a little wonky in the transitioning between the two, and it lost a lot of focus on the main narrative. But overall, it was fine. I mean, like, what do you want? You want girls singing a cappella songs, bad a cappella puns. There was a podcast on the show called Tacapella, which is hilarious. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than that, I mean, like, there I were... Heard some of the humor was bad. Some of the humor was weirdly racist. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm not a prude that can't laugh at a race joke. But the one problem was that there was one character, and she's got, like, you know, she's, she's from, like, some... I think it was, like, a Spanish country or whatever. And she's talking about, like, well, when I was a kid, they used to hide us in basements and all that stuff. And, like, that was the joke, you know? Like, well, at least we're not, you know, farming for our own dinner. Like, this kind of... I don't know. It was a stupid, like, kind of benign... Whatever. And it's fine. The issue is that they did a callback on that joke, like, six or seven times in the movie. Which is just, like, dude. Like, come on. It's not a funny joke the first time. I might even file this under whack. Pitch Perfect 2. I will say Pitch Perfect 1. Good movie. That's fine. I know a lot of people like that movie. I'm going to give that an A minus. Okay. This is a B minus. Maybe even a C. Yeah, I mean, so I didn't see Pitch Perfect 2, so I won't judge it. I will say people who I think have pretty thick skin said that the jokes were weird in the race sort of sense. And in a way that was... Not that funny. Sometimes a movie can push boundaries and it's yeah, funny. But you gotta go hard. That's the thing. Like, and if you don't go over the top and you make these wacky jokes, it's gonna come off like you just sound racist. <laughs> yeah, it's kinda... weird. It's weird how sometimes you can go extreme, like just push the envelope, and people get that you don't mean it. That it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, making yeah. fun of it. When you say something, maybe not subtle, but something like a little less direct, it's like, ooh, do you I'm really good. feel that way? <laughs> is that really what, what's going on here? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it I is. just don't find that stuff kind of fun. Like it has to be a certain style for me to even find it funny in the first mm-hmm. place. You know? I agree. I agree. I will say that Rebel Wilson was amazing in it. That's, Rebel Wilson, she is my girl. Rebel, Can I say? I will actually say that Rebel Wilson, and I don't know what she was in this movie, but in general, I like Anna Kendrick a lot. Yeah, and it helps. Did you see Happy Christmas? No. So that's her Joe Swanberg movie. They showed the whole thing on 60mm. Oh, nice. And she was in um, the beer movie, too, I think. But she was in... Anna Kendrick was? Wasn't she in the beer movie? Which one? I don't know which one. The You're Joe Swanberg about? beer movie was called what? Uh, I don't know. Drinking Buddies. Drinking she Buddies. Drinking Buddies? I did not see that, but yeah. I, I think, think she, she was, was in Drinking Buddies. I, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. I will say that Beer Fest is my favorite beer movie, but go on. Wrong. Wrong. Wrong director. <laughs> Joe Sw- she was in Drinking Buddies, but Joe Swanberg's, I think, most Hollywood movie. Right. But then he did this movie just over almost, I think, a weekend at his house. It's filmed at his house on 16mm. Huh. Uh, and Anna Kendrick's in it. She plays like his... Not fucked up sister, but she's like, he's very normal in the movie, and yeah. she's still trying to figure herself out. She's so good in it. And so, like, that, the fact that she can do those smaller movies, combined with the fact that she is, like, basically a musical actress, like, mm-hmm. any musical you want to do, plays a duet with Snoop Dogg in the movie. Spoiler alert. And it's pretty funny. That's funny. <laughs> I will say, um, overall, the, the comedy of the movie, although wonky, it was there were certain parts that were really funny. Okay, and um, you know, 
I'm not again. I was I was amused at parts, but then you're right. Like the weird in your face bits, where it's like, hmm, that's fucking Ooh. yeah. Like I'm not laughing at that. That's fucked up. But um, back to Sins of the Fleshapoids and Lupe. Yeah, talk about those that. movies were awesome. They're on 16 millimeter. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1964 was one, I think. And wow. Their color. It, it reminded me a lot of. Um, I don't know if you remember when I went to New York to see the John Waters stuff. Yeah, we talked about that on the show a little bit. So we saw Eat Your Lipstick, or Eat Your Makeup, right? which is like the personal collection of John Waters. And it makes you realize that, like, wow, like, talking on movies, like, as late as the 60s was still, like, elite technology. And so in Sins of the Flesh Appoids, like, there's no talking except for the voiceover work. Yeah. And, um, like, the characters don't talk, you know what I mean? And, yeah, because like, you would have to go back and dub everything, right? Like, yeah, live yeah, sound yeah, yeah, was an yeah. issue. Which is crazy. Yeah. So, um, both of those movies didn't have a lot of talking in it. But they were, it was awesome to see, um, because they're sci fi movies. Well, uh, Sons of the Flesh of Poets is a sci fi movie. The other one, Lupe, is like following a drag queen around. And, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's really, it looked a lot like, if you've ever seen the video for, um, for the One Smith's video, for um fuck i don't think i don't know the name the derek jarman ones queen is dead oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah and it's like very fast at parts yeah, you know yeah, yeah. It's, it it was um it looked a lot like the derek jarman work for this movie. oh that's interesting so it was very like colorful and very like not dizzying but it was overlaid there's a lot of like very interesting visual effects and stuff overall i thought it was really really fun to see both movies were only like 40 minutes maybe okay but they were really really good that's and, cool um, i had a really fun time with that that was awesome. the, one of the things i really miss about the city is the international house like yeah dude the i house is killing it man they do some great stuff and they've been doing some better stuff lately with uh <clears throat> i don't want to say better stuff but they've been doing some stuff that i'm more interested in mm-hmm. with justin miller's input like i just our boy justin who we said we we're gonna have on the show at some point yeah we haven't that awesome. yet. yeah uh Although you you ignore him in public, but other than that, <laughs> you know I'm so self absorbed. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, but I just think they have had a great lineup. Is, is the fucked up show because of him? I don't know if it's because of him or not. It might be because of him because he. I think it's an R five show, oh. but it, he might have negotiated that. I don't know, right, dude? But I, I'm hyped on that show. When is that again? Uh, next month, sometime I think. Like I don't know. Like I know June it's in June, but I wasn't like sure that? when. June 28th, I think. Okay. I am so hyped for that show. That'll go in our things we're looking forward to section. Sure, 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 sure. Oh, yeah. Fucked up. Um, Any other? So you did a little bit of whack. Uh, Other on track or other whack? Other on track, other whack. Um, Well, of course, Fury Road. Yeah. Dude, whack is the weird discussions I've been having with people at work about Fury Road and how... um, They didn't like it? Well, a lot of dudes that I spoke with were like, yeah, man, what's this female superhero time? It's just like, wait a minute, what? Really? You think that? That's a I thing? thought that was just weird internet people. No, man, some people really feel strongly about that, and it's confusing because they're people that I'm really good friends with. I'm can we like, get into that in the main part of the yeah, show? I want to spend some time on that. Let's that, go. That's some bullshit. Let's go with some whacking on track from Lee. Well, uh, again, on track, probably the most on track film-wise is Fury Road. Yeah, uh, it was. I saw it twice. It was worth seeing it both times. Mm-hmm. And the two different. I will say it was weird because the two different theaters I saw it in, the projection quality was different, and the crowd makeup was different. So mm-hmm. it was a little bit of different experience. Uh, but both times I enjoyed it, and I'm glad I went to see it. So I mm-hmm. felt good about that. I want to apologize also to you and Sean for not being able to see it with you. It got all like wanky. That's and fine. I had no idea what was going on. You know. Well, and, and I had issues that that whole. I'll say that part of the odd track is uh, I had a friend who was in town 
uh, visiting who like I've done like internet videos with before, and so he wanted to film some stuff. So Friday, I, like filmed all day, and then I had for like this is hardcore stuff. No, just fun weird stuff. <laughs> just this dude, he's an actor. If you look up. No, I have to remember what it's called. We did a video together called... Oh, son of a gun. Uh, crap. He's going to be so mad that I forgot what it's called. <laughs> it was it's basically... You're this... so ungrateful, but go on. <laughs> so he's a, he's a guy who... Uh, he does a lot of stuff, but he is an actor, and he's done a lot of theater and a few video things. Mm-hmm. And he actually shot a pilot for a show that I was in. Uh, that was very short. It wasn't a long wow. pilot, and I just had a bit part. But it was cool what I got to do. Mm-hmm. But then we did this thing that was like... I didn't know that you acted in shit other than funny videos for This Is Hardcore. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I had this conversation today. Like, I'm in this weird place where I don't know what I'm doing with my life, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of our listeners know, because talk about Let's a little Let's also bit. be fair. It's not that weird. But go on. It's a little weird, only because I feel like I'm old. So I sh- Usually people I know who are in this position are like, I've been working the same job. Mm-hmm. For a decade, mm-hmm. and I'm tired of it. I want to switch. Where do I switch to? And I'm more in the. Uh, I went to school. <laughs> I had a job. I hated it. I went back to school. I worked a job, and then I left that. And I don't know. It was such a weirdly diverse job that I don't know which of those things to focus on. So I don't know what to do with my life. Yeah. So there okay. is a part of me that remembers, like when I was in college, I was an acting major for really? part of college. No yeah. shit. Uh, and what happened was. Uh, I switched schools to focus on something very religious. And I put theater as my minor. Only when I switched schools, the new theater program was a completely different program. Right. So they were like, if you're going to be in our productions, you have to start over. Like, you have to start over in acting 101. I was like, what? Mm -hmm. And besides being someone who appreciates attention uh i'm also i'm also a nerd so i when i started taking theology classes mm. at that school theology was the closest i was ever going to get to philosophy so i took these theology classes and i loved it and mm. then i got into theology and, and that sort of that ended yeah. up where i'm at but uh but some part of me always sort of held out like i could do acting so i've when people have offered for me to do stuff and i've done a few things that were small this is hardcore videos is one of the things yeah. but i've done some other stuff with chris and you were awesome in those videos oh, by the way whatever all whatever. of them Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, but when I've had the opportunity to do stuff, I'll do it. And I'll say it right now. Like, if you're anyone who wants to film anything, I would love to be a part of it. I think my style is more what we were doing over the weekend, which is, like, improv comedy uh-huh. stuff. Like, yeah. we generally knew what the video was about. But each of the parts, we were improving a little bit. Really? Yeah. Oh, it was shit. It, in hindsight, parts of it could have gone better. Uh-huh. I don't think either of the guys I filmed with listen to this podcast so i'll go ahead and name that i felt like it could have gone better uh and i didn't love all of it but it was still fun in yeah. most parts to do uh and i'm cool fun man fuck it right yeah it could have been more fun actually but the po- that's not the point the point being is that it was a busy weekend with that so thursday i, I went to see fury road uh-huh. with my wife because i wasn't going to see it without her yeah. but I knew my weekend was packed then friday we filmed a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. and it went pretty well that was a better that went that was a good day. Then I went to dinner for work. We had like a work dinner. And mm-hmm. then I went and saw Fury Road with Sean. And I just wanted to see it with either you or Sean or both. Right. And it was just the schedule wasn't going to work. And I think that was better, honestly, for Sean because where we went was closer to him. We went to King of Prussia. Uh-huh. Easier for him to get home from right, King right, of Prussia right. than from Philly or whatever. And it wasn't that bad a drive for me either. So, okay. Cool. Uh, and then Saturday we had a wedding. So we just kind of hung out all day. Mm. And then... What did we do? We did something fun on Sunday. Oh, on Sunday, uh, I did some 
uh, I led some congregational stuff during the day, and then that night was the Broad Street 10th birthday oh, party. Oh, 10th anniversary, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Was you that? Know, Federal Donuts had a big donut I saw the donut that was very thing cool. That, they did. that was awesome. Uh, and Broad Street, it's cool. I mean, like I said, I still miss working there a little bit. But mm. even though thinking about it today, I do think to some extent I was like kind of spinning my wheels. I was doing 20 different things there. None yeah. of it were yeah. things I knew I wanted to do, so... But anyways, so I'd say as far as uh, on track, we're going to talk about Fury Road a lot. I don't know that I've gotten to do anything else that's like a public, like a fun Mm. out thing. I've been pretty busy lately. But I will say that uh, as far as whack, I got this movie to review called The Escapees. Mm. And it's a Jean Roland, Roland, Mm -hmm. Jean Roland, I think, film. He's a French guy who did a bunch of movies that were all sort of similar, like uh, 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 Rape of the Vampire. Mm. The Vampire Twins. Right, right. Uh, eroticism of the Vampire. Yeah. Things okay. like that. Yeah. But apparently people love those movies. So when I watched this movie, The Escapees, which is one of his few movies that isn't supernatural. Mm. Maybe did three movies that were not supernatural based in some way. Uh, and it's sort of a transitional movie for him. He's working with a, another script writer that he didn't get along with. Mm. So there's problems with this movie. So people who love him think that this movie is sort of an outlier for him. It's not bad. But that he's brilliant. People love his stuff. I guess people call it less horror and more dark fantasy. Right. Uh, and his following, though not huge, is so intense, so committed, that it makes me think that there must be something I'm missing. Because mm. The Escapees was bad. And really? it was like, I was very excited to spend some time relaxing, watching a movie, mm. thinking about it, writing a review, hadn't written a review in a while. Bad. Not into it. That's yeah. sometimes the hardest part about reviewing movies when you don't like them. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. It's so easy to just shit on a movie as a But reviewer. that's not fun. Yeah, but it's like, then, then you're not stoked, and then, like, dude, the end product is you're releasing bad juju into the ether, like... Yeah. I don't know if you believe in that sort of thing, well, but I'm and, just saying, like... And fair enough, like, Jean Roland, 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 I don't know how you say his name, he's dead. Oh, so it's not like he's going to care. Yeah. But it's still... I, it's still a movie that other people... When I read other people's reviews, most of the people who've reviewed this movie know him and love him. Mm. So they're all like, yeah, it's not perfect, but it's pretty great. It's and still I'm like, Gene Roland. And there's some good parts to it, but yeah. overall it's bad. It's yeah. bad. See, it's so that kind of bummed me out. I, I, I hear you on that, though. Like, when I get sent by Philadelphia to do movies and they yeah. suck, I feel it's harder and more challenging for me to try and write something good. Because I feel like you can find something good about the worst movie. You can also find something bad about the best movie. Let me do so, two on tracks. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Two. Two other on tracks. One is, I forgot about this because I didn't technically see it in the theater, but it was a screener, so it's like a theatrical review. Okay. The Connection. You were bugging out about that I movie. cannot recommend that movie enough. What is it? Is it a horror movie? No. So The Connection is the French side of The French Connection, oh. basically. It's a French movie about... The, so this is what I didn't realize about the French Connection. I figured it's called the French Connection by people not in France. Mm-hmm. And that when you're in France, the connection, which makes sense. But in reality, it's not. In fact, the French name of the connection is the French. Because <laughs> apparently that organization was called the French. Really? Yeah. And the idea was that you had these criminals from all over the place. But this was the French sort of arm of it. And they were smuggling this heroin from... The Middle East, from Asia, through France, mm-hmm. into New York. Specifically right. into New York. So, 
There's a spider right there. So if you've seen the French right here. Oh, yeah. Okay. So if you've seen the French connection, uh, part of the problem is because it's about the same historical events, you might compare it to the French connection. And I think the French connection is more of a gritty, fast-paced action movie. And the connection is a little more atmospheric. Mm-hmm. It's still gritty. It's still tough. But it's uh, artistically compelling. Okay. It's very aesthetically wise. It has a sense of what it wants to do. It has a sense of the films it's paying tribute to. Mm-hmm. And it's built very hugely on uh, Jean Dujardin, I think is how you say his name. Mm-hmm. The guy from The Artist yeah, and yeah. other movies. He plays this... Well, it's not even a cop. Here's People can call it a cop movie. But in reality, in France, they have what are called investigative magistrates. They're oh, basically wow. judges, mm-hmm. but... They're judges like who judge dead or judge dread. No, that's funny. They're judges who investigate crimes, right. and they, basically, a judge is over a whole unit, and then and they're, they're like, "I sentence you to death," and then shoot people. I hate you. <laughs> so they're a judge. One of these magistrates is in charge of a whole unit, and they sort of direct the police investigations. Uh-huh. So this real life guy, uh, Pierre Michel. I think that's right. Uh, he Something was the magistrate that. for organized crime, mm-hmm. and he was the one who figured out. Oh, you know, there's this heroin thing going on, and I think there might be some corruption. Turns out the corruption was huge, yeah. and he ended up getting executed in the street. Damn. But after some huge busts. Uh, and his execution, in the movie, they portray it like his execution was a way for the underlings of the head guy to get rid of the head guy. Because they knew as soon as he was executed, mm. the cops would go after the head guy. Because that's like crossing a line or something. Right, right, right. But uh, it's really a movie about two dudes. The head of the... Mafia, the, you know, yeah, and the ma- magistrate dude, and their mm-hmm. sort of clash and their struggle and trying to get it, and it covers like eleven years. Wow! In just this two-hour movie, very long-reaching movie. Yeah, it, but it's like it's supposed to be. It's dramatized. It's fictionalized, but it's mm-hmm. mostly the true story of how this worked out. I just found it super compelling, and it's the sort of movie I'm worried people aren't going to go see because they're not going to understand what it's about. Mm-hmm. But even if the movie wasn't that interesting, I mean, parts of it are a little slower. Like, I think the comparison to the French Connection is a bad comparison because the French Connection, to me, is very exciting. Yeah, it's very action-y movie. And this movie's a lot more chill than that. With some action set pieces, but more character-driven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are some parts that get slow, so it's Mm. not like a perfect movie. But aesthetically, like, the way it looked, it's amazing. It's all Mm. shot on film. The cinematographer and director worked together to create an amazing, I think, visual palette. Very well placed. And it struck me as somewhere between like a Scorsese movie and like an early man, Michael Mann movie. There's a lot of maleness going on that made me think of Michael Mann, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know. I just found it really interesting. And so uh, not only did I love it, then Draft House Films used my quotes for a bunch of their promo. No way. Now, granted, they only credit the website. It's just uh-huh. Synapse. It doesn't right, say right, Leo right. O'Donnell of Synapse. Of Synapse, yeah. But, uh, but it doesn't matter. I still felt cool. What did it say? Oh, I forget which one they used. They awesome. used the title, and they used a quote from In the Body. Nice. Very cool. That's Very pretty cool. awesome. Then the other thing I wanted to say was on track, and then we should probably get into like our main topic today. Mm. Uh, our friend Doug Tilly. Do you know Doug Tilly on Twitter? No. So he has a podcast called No Budget Nightmares, mm. where he review talks to another guy about these like very low-budget, uh, mostly horror movies. Mm. Uh, and it's great. I love it. Well, he just started a new podcast called... Uh, 
Eric Roberts is the fucking man. It's just about Eric Roberts movies? Yeah. Oh, my Did God. You know Eric Roberts has been in, like, 90-some movies. Oh, no, 300-some movies? That's amazing. Eric Roberts has been in a lot of movies. Dude, so, so good. Every podcast will be two Eric Roberts movies. Him and oh, friend my talking God. About. What a genius idea. Right? It's so brilliant. I listened to the first episode, and I thought it was great. So, wow. I can't recommend that enough. I know... I guess we shouldn't recommend another podcast because we're in competition, but I don't give a fuck. Hey, man. Doug Tilly's the man. I'm, I'm going to be on the uh, Movie Movie podcast tomorrow with Evo. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, what, yeah. I don't know what that is. Uh, the guys who do I Like to Movie Movie at Philomoka, the, um, oh. yeah, they do a podcast. That's where it comes from. And we're going to be discussing Fury you, Road tomorrow. You better hype Cinepunks. We're both wearing Cinepunks t-shirts. I already right. discussed it with Evo yesterday right. at lunch. All right. <laughs> All right. Movie, movie podcast. <laughs> no, no, cool. no, no. I did tell Doug I would be on the Eric Roberts podcast because I specifically want to talk if about... If you could do a podcast about a specific actor, who would it be? If I could do one? in yeah. the whole podcast is just about that one actor? Yeah, like the way the Eric Roberts... Thing. Fuck. I would do it someone funny. I would do someone like Michael Pere or something. Yeah. <laughs> just talk about like Streets of Fire and the Philadelphia Experiment yeah. all the time. It would be hard <laughs> because I don't know which actors have been as prolific. So, for example, there's the Denzel Washington podcast, which uh-huh. seems kind of cool, but... I don't know that there's enough variety that I would find interesting. Mm-hmm. Eric Roberts is great because he's been in so many movies. And some of them are... Like, he's been in such a variety of movies. Some of the worst and best movies ever Eric made. Roberts. Eric yeah. Roberts has been there in. There you go. So, that's a great You topic. could do it with Lance Hendrickson, too. That would be an amazing Oh, show. God, yeah. Lance Hendrickson. Yeah. I would do it with um, Harry Dean Stanton. Harry Dean Stanton. Uh, I don't Dude, think I would do Harry Dean Stanton. He was in Escape from New York. He was in The Avengers. No, I know, he but he's, cool been, he's been in a lot of movies I don't care about. Escape from New York. Cool Hand Luke. You here's the thing. Even if you do one movie a podcast, that's only three episodes. <laughs> I'm thinking of actors that can sustain a whole. Leave them wanting morally, and that's the thing. That's what we didn't learn in the 30 episodes of Cinepunks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. If I could do a focused podcast that wasn't Cinepunks, uh, it would probably be like focusing on a decade where. Uh. Uh, we would just start like let's say we did a 70s we're just going to talk about movies in the 70s and so we would start in 1970 and make our way through all the way to Star Wars in 77 and yeah 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 that'd be cool that that could be cool I think I might even get even more specific I think I could do a Blaxploitation podcast wow that That would would be be awesome yeah but honestly this is what I like about Cinepunks I don't like to specify. I like being I a like, renaissance man. Yeah, that we are jacks of all trades. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, you know, we've talked I mean, about Bell and Sebastian. We've talked about Los Crudos on here. It's cool. I do That's think we could get sometimes a little more focused. Like, like sometimes we do episodes like this one. It's just like we both saw Mad Max. Mad yeah. Max is awesome. We're going to talk about Mad Max. Right. But uh, we've talked about doing episodes where it's like we're going to talk about... Three black exploitation movies. So we're yeah. gonna, like the best episode that no one's ever heard because it doesn't exist is our Raw Force episode where we yeah, just talked about Raw Force so for an good. hour. Oh man, we got to do that one again. Yeah, man, to the yeah. gods with you, to the internet gods with you. Uh, but but um, yeah, I mean, I I think uh, I think I can get specific for an episode, but I think as an overall format, I like that we're just like all over the place. Yeah, I, I agree. That. I yeah. think we're cool. Don't I text you that every so often? I'm going like, to have to edit this so part cool. out where we talk about No cool way, out. man. I enjoy what we do so much. I think it's really fun. <laughs> but anyway, back to what we're doing. Let's talk about Mad Max. Let's start with, uh, can you rank the Mad Max movies pre-Fury Road for me in okay. your order yep. of importance and why you ranked them that way? In order of importance. In order of your preference, that's what I meant. Oh, man. This is going to make people hate me so no, much. No, do it. Say it. Do so, it. number one, Fury Road. No, Pre-Fury Road. We'll talk about Fury Oh, Road Pre-Fury Road. Okay. My favorite. Yeah. Thunderdome. 
Oh, the shit. The one that everybody shits upon. Why? Because the first time we got cable, it was out. And if oh, you got funny. cable in the 80s, you know that when a movie came out, they played it like three times a day. Yeah. And uh, I watched it three times a day. Love the Tina Turner. I don't know. It's just, of, of the three Mad Max movies, that's the most, like, to me, the most, like, man, there's a world that happens after world stops. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The other ones, uh, so it would for me, first would be um, Thunderdome, then second would be Road Warrior, and then the fir- the third would be the original Mad Max. So basically, just in reverse order. Reverse. I think they get better as they go on. Because hmm. if you watch the first Mad Max, it's dubbed. Number one, which always feels weird when you watch it. Number two, there's weird hand signals in that movie. Like the scene where she's like, I love you. But she's like making the peace sign and then like like the weird rolly rolly with her hand. Like that shit's fucking weird. She's like doing the Arsenio whoop 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 thing. And it's just like, why does that mean that I love you? Or I'm crazy about you? Or whatever she says. You can't just get into the world? I just think it's weird. I just think it's weird. And then, um, I don't know, also you, you kill a baby in the first one. Really? I'm going to watch that shit? Like, I get it, you're making a revenge movie, whatever, but don't kill the fucking baby, man. Don't kill the baby, don't kill the dog. That's what I'm asking for. And then they kill the dog in the second one. You're too soft. I know, I know. It's true, it's true. I I need, man, I need wussy action movies. So expound the uh, the virtues of Thunderdome. Two men enter, one men leave, that's all you need to know. Dude, there's bungee fighting. (laughs) Is there bungee fighting in any other movie that you can think of? Uh, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is, but the one that uh, you think of the most is fucking Thunderdome. It's not quite bungee fighting, but uh, it does remind me of the scene in The Rundown with The Rock and the Pygmy Warriors, and the Pygmy Warriors beat the shit out of The Rock. It's just one of my favorite move- moments in movie history. I know I, I usually get pretty in- I, I usually get pretty intellectual on this show, so it's weird that I went to The Rundown, but I love that movie. Sean William Scott? Yeah, I don't give a fuck. The Rock? I find Sean William Scott generally underrated. Wow. I know. Yeah, that's your stifler. Don't get me wrong. When he was popular, he was overrated. But right. now that everyone is just all decided he's him. terrible, yeah. I'm like, no more terrible than any number of, of <laughs> gentlemen who get movies still. Also, the thing about Thunderdome, it's of the whole movie. It's okay. the one that has the most racially diverse cast. That is fair. Which is a thing that you think in a post-apocalyptic Australia, you get more of. Maybe I mean uh, I I I do appreciate that. I don't know that it's a claim for like because I I other than Aboriginal folks, mm-hmm. there isn't. I don't know how large the uh, people of color community is in Australia. Right. I know they have a lot of Asian immigrants, but there's not a lot of Asian people in Thunderdome. But there are Asian people in Thunderdome. There are some, sure. To which there are none. In, That's true. In Road Warrior, there are none well, in Mad Max. I understand why there's none in Mad Max, because Mad Max seems to be in some weird backwater, backwater yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. get it, but it's Australia. I guess so. I mean, also, you got to think about timing. The Asian population in Australia boomed in just the 80s. boomed yeah. just before Thunderdome, actually. Even Road Warrior, it was only a smaller amount. Mm-hmm. But that's around the time of Thunderdome was when they were having issues with like riots and attacks on folks and mm-hmm. that's like romper stomper so, time. Yeah. But that was that's a main I mean like if I have a complaint about Fury Road, it is the lack of racial diversity in the cast. I think that's worth and, that'll be worth talking about. But let's yeah. get back to Thunderdome a little bit. You don't hate the kids? Of course I do. I hate children. <laughs> but that aspect doesn't Make the movie less enjoyable. It doesn't... Well, again, if I had seen it at any other time in my life, it probably would have. Right. But I saw it at a time when I was like, yeah, okay, cool, I'm in. You know, and I don't know. 
It's it's been doing it for me. But um I haven't revisited it to be fair, but I did revisit Mad Max and Road Warrior. Okay. So um I, I let my memory of Thunderdome stand. And uh maybe it's not as good, maybe it is, but I I mean I still love it the most because of those reasons. Like number one, bungee cord fighting, number two, more racially diverse cast. You had Tina Turner in there, you know? It's pretty crazy. It was a good time. So, you know, I don't know. How about you? What's your order? No way. No way. Thunderdome's the worst for you. You stand with the rest. Road Warrior, Mad Max, right. Thunderdome with the bottom. Wow. Okay. And, uh, and that's because I have revisited Thunderdome. Uh-huh. So, uh, Road Warrior was on TV sometimes. So mm-hmm. I have some memory of Road Warrior. Mad Max was purely a later discovery. I did not see it as a kid at all. I didn't see Mad Max, the original, until later. And honestly, I thought there were only two Mad Max movies, Road mm. Warrior and Thunderdome. I didn't know Mad Max, Mad Max existed till yeah. college. Am I correct in saying that they never say his name for those three movies, except for the first one? I don't know, actually. Because I know in Thunderdome they called him the man. Yeah, that's true. So then, I don't... I don't know. Yeah, because... The, oh, point, the point is, is that we'll I, had not, I had not seen Mad Max... Uh, until later in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I I was struck, I think, that in comparison to Road Warrior and Thunderdome, Mad Max is such a brutal movie. Yeah. It's not a post-apocalyptic movie, really. No, it's not. It's it, not a movie that's about the same see, theme. If people like. think it's a post-apocalyptic movie, it's because Australia is just weird. Yeah. That was <laughs> the yeah. one thing that I gleaned from watching it recently. Like, it's not a post-apocalyptic movie. It's just weird because Australia is weird. Yeah. Like, that's just what it is, you know? I mean, I think he meant it to be interpreted as there's no central government. There's no overarching. It's like these cops are the last bit of organization left. Mm. Uh, And I think that that comes across a little bit, but it doesn't feel that it's certainly not the same as Road Warrior. Mm. Clearly, something between Mad Max and Road Warrior has gone wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Society has fallen somehow. And also, a lot of people make the argument that Mad Max is the only movie that's told from. Really, Mad Max perspective yeah. from Max's perspective, and that the other two movies are more legend movies. Mm. He's in them, but he's not really the point. It's like no. more someone's memories of him. Yeah, so they're yeah, there. Yeah. He's iconic. He's more like an icon and a legend than he is a real person. Okay, I, I uh, to that. So here's the thing. Even though I had seen Thunderdome or I had seen Road Warrior a little bit, Thunderdome was the movie that I also saw on TV a lot. So prior to revisiting them, I would have said, Thunderdome, that's the best one. So much fun. (laughs) Then I go back and I watch it a few years ago, and I'm like, oh, this movie's bad. Really? What was so bad about it? It is... Starts off pretty strong. Yeah. Uh, The the kid aspect is corny. It basically gets corny towards the end. It gets Spielberg-y schmaltzy. It gets 80s feel-goody. And uh, and it sort of creates a toothless Max a little bit. Uh-huh. Not totally. I mean, I'm being a little harsh on it because I love the other two ones. I've really gotten to love the other two ones, mm-hmm. especially Road Warrior. I think Road Warrior is just like, not a perfect movie, but just a really great Good movie. movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, whereas Thunderdome is fine. It's just corny. It's, there's just so many corny parts that makes the parts that I like less good right okay uh i don't know that i have any issues with tina turner i think i love her regardless (laughs) even though i think she was a money grab like i don't know that she works for the role right but i don't care it doesn't bother me and awesome i'm only saying this from a critical standpoint does that mean that if 
we were hanging out and you were like, yo, I'm going to put on Thunderdome. I'd be like, no, fuck that shit. I don't want to. I'm like, no, put that shit on. But I just, I recognize it. It moved from where Road Warrior is for me now uh-huh. to where Miami Connection is for me now. Wow. No Maybe shit. not that bad, actually. Wow. Miami Connection is like awesome, but also really bad. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if it's yeah. like that, but it's like, it's just not as good. It's just not as quality a movie. And I think if you rewatch it, parts yeah. of it are going to annoy the shit out of you. Okay. But, I probably will never rewatch it for that reason. But I do think people overestimate how bad it is. And that overall, now with Fury Road, part of the series, one of the most successful franchises of all time. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. As far, signed on su- for three successful more. as far as accomplishing what they need to accomplish to be good movies. Yeah. I yeah. Think. Okay. So That's let's get good. into Fury Road. Uh, I loved it. Dude, I loved it. Oh my god! I loved it so much. Get into get into a little bit your favorite parts of Furiosa. Oh my god! Where do you start? Furiosa. That her yeah. name was Furiosa. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. Dude, the Furiosa was named Furiosa. Um, that shit is awesome. The fucking fake arm, the robot arm. The robot arm really Yo, works. How cool was that? I mean, it's not a robot, but it's like a the her mechanical arm. arm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It works really well. I really, um, I love the weird. There were weird bits like um, when Mad Max is fighting and it speeds up. Perfect. I was like, holy shit! That's well, that's so... what he did in the other movies. Yeah, too. it's that's so awesome that, yeah. that that that. That that was in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, again, I mentioned the whole name thing because you don't know hear his name for Thunderdome and right. for Road Warrior. Right. So at the end, when he tells Furiosa, "My name is Max," I thought that was really an iconic scene. Yeah. I was like, "Whoa, that is heavy," you know. Yeah. Um, I like that it started out as one movie and then it ended up like a different movie. Yeah. It started up with that weird fight scene with the white people. Yeah. Um, I I thought that part was awesome. Let me just say, Tom Hardy. Is so cool. I'm going to go ahead and say, and I don't know how this will land with Mad Max fans in general, I officially prefer Tom Hardy's Max to Mel Gibson's Max. Yeah. Period. Hands down. Possibly, I actually would make the argument that though The Road Warrior is better than Mad Max, Gibson's acting in Mad Max is actually a little bit better than his acting in Road Warrior. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I know that's a little controversial, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Hardy... I'm ready for Hardy to be Max in at least another movie, if yeah. not a couple. No, now, they signed on for a couple more. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three, yeah. But what I'm saying more. is, like, my interest. Yeah. Like, you, normally, if you're like, we're going to do three more movies, I'm like, oh my Fuck, god, really? Yeah. And yeah. for this, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm on board for at least three more movies. Yeah, you know? yeah. He's no. just a great Max, dude. Also, let's talk about the fact that 80 percent of that movie was practical effects. Yeah, that and it's it was... funny because friend of our friends of ours have complained about all the CGI. And in I, Mad Max? Yeah, and I f- did not find it invasive. I mean, Matt, m- our, our good friend, friend of the podcast, Matt Garrett, uh, he hated the storm. He thought the storm looked terrible. Okay. Now, there are aspects of the storm I didn't like. The crash towards the end of the storm yeah. looked fake. Okay. The yeah. crash at the end of the movie looked where the thing looks kind of fake. Yeah. But there's so much practical effects leading up to those that I just forgave those parts as being... Dramatically fake looking. They're silly. Yeah. They're, they're like a little meant to be like over the top. I yeah. thought. Maybe uh-huh. I'm being too forgiving, but whatever. Dude. But like the 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 motorcycles jumping over the truck and dropping bombs, that's what? not CGI. That, that was, was for real. So awesome. Oh my god. Holy People's like and like shit. I listened to an interview with George Miller, like uh Tom Hardy in the pole as the truck behind him exploded. Uh-huh. That's not CGI. That was totally that's not real. even a stump person. That's that Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy in the thing. <laughs> 
when Let's he talk said about the fact also real quick that George Miller's only other project was Happy Feet uh, and Babe and Babe yeah the Babe sequel uh, and Lorenzo's Oil that's him too now here's the thing I've heard many people talking about how as amazing as Fury Road is Lorenzo's Oil is still his best movie wow yeah yeah oh no shit I have not watched Lorenzo's Oil in a long time I like that movie yeah. but I don't know if I love it the way I love Fury Road dude I love Fury Road. Uh, side note, I do think, while Happy Feet is straight up bullshit, I think, <laughs> George Miller, I love you, but that's bullshit, uh, you could go back to Babe. Babe is an amazing movie. <laughs> yeah. Babe is still a good movie. I don't Agreed. care. Well, it's a kid's movie about a pig. Fuck yeah. you. Babe Dude, is a great movie. That'll do, pig. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, that's but a great movie. Back to Fury Road. Back to yeah, Fury Road. please. So, um, yeah, dude, those pole things, the, the motorcycles jumping, dropping the bombs. Well, and he said in an interview that the pole, the guys on the poles, he was convinced going into the movie those were going to be CG. It's like, there's no way I can yeah. do that in real life. And the dudes just fucking figured it out. Like, they figured out how to do it. And they're like, yeah, we'll just do it. And he's like, oh, okay. Woo. Can you believe, Man, could you dude, imagine that, that as a director? So like, I have this crazy idea, we're not going to be able to do it. And the guys are just like, no, we can no, do no, this. We can totally do that. Yeah. yeah, dude, so awesome. I loved it so much. How What do you think about the uh, About a Boy guy, the guy who played Beast? And Oh, perfect. Was, yeah, he was perfect. pretty good. I thought he looked a little bit like Billy Corgan at points, yeah. which made me even laugh yeah. a little bit harder. Yeah. But, yeah, man. Yeah, and the the dude who was toe cutter in yeah. the first one, he was that? so good. Such a great idea. People right? complained about his voice, but I thought his voice was great. Yeah, dude, he didn't sound like Bane or anything. Oh, baby, is mine. <laughs> so good. All right, so let's, good. We're, we're kind of going all over the place. Let's, we're going to focus a little bit. Let me talk about some of the things I thought were brilliant about it. Uh, there's a lot of world building that goes on without telling you shit. You just have to notice it. Mm. So the fact that they're pumping water, someone says it eventually. Yeah. But you, if you pay attention, you know that ahead of time. Yeah. That they grow plants hydroponically. You can tell that from they just show you. They don't yeah. tell you. Uh, even why the women are leaving, you get the. They tell you that they you know they don't tell you they show you. Mm. Uh, the altar with all the things the. The tumors, you know, like yeah, so uh, good. The, oh, the altar with all the steering wheels. Yeah, 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 yeah. So many aspects of that. All the different other tribes out there. The branding of the steering wheel on the people's necks and all that shit. Oh yeah, yeah the yeah, uh, yeah. the tattoos on him as to why he would be a good blood donor because he's healthy. Yeah, he's full life. You know, so uh, the the tr- the. Lost tribe of older ladies. Oh know? man! By yeah. the way, one of those ladies did all her own stunts. Which one? I don't. There was an interview with her, and I forget which one she is. But she like, they were like, "Oh, should we get you a stunt double?" And she was just like, "No, I'm just going to do it." And she did all her own That's stunts. Amazing. It's amazing. Uh, I, I that if I have a complaint other than the race thing. Uh, it did bum me out that those girls kind of got killed off really quickly in the movie. You think, mm. like, they're old, they've managed to survive this long, they're badass, they got guns and seeds and ride motorcycles, and then they kind of got taken out in the one thing, and it's just like, if you're going to last this long and be, like, tougher than rock gut, you're just going to go out like that? Like, I, I kind of feel I, like... I only felt that way, actually, about the motorcycle girls. Yeah. Those uh, I say, shouldn't say girls, women, because yeah. they're definitely older. But they, because they, they got two really good shots off, yeah. and then we're done. And, and then it. they got yeah. ran over, and yeah. it's a bummer. Oh, I guess we should say spoiler. Well, dude, again, Justin Harlan knows what the fuck's gonna happen, man. It's cool. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think Mikey Smack's seen it. He said he's not stoked on Mad Max. Well, then it doesn't matter to him. Mikey anyway. Smack, go see the movie, please, Mike. So we can have something to talk about when you come on here. Oh yeah, we should have him on the show. <laughs> um, so, uh, by the way, I still don't know what D beat stands for. Okay. We'll, we'll work on that one, Mike. Get to it. It's cool. Don't worry about it. Um, no, but I, I think you're right. Uh, but I do think they had a, a 
they had to be concise with their time. By the time the ladies are even, it's the final action scene. Yeah. So how long can you draw it out? And some of the ladies did last a, a bit of time. At least yeah. one and they makes made it to, it to the, the end. end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think you're right. Specifically for me, it was the ladies on the motorcycle, which was one older, one younger, yeah. one younger. And they lady. got taken out. They got taken out a little quicker than I think was necessary. Uh, but I get that, and who knows? Maybe in a director's cut, they'll be, they'll be supposedly there's a longer cut. The the most heartbreaking scene was when they find those ladies, right? And uh, Charlize Theron's like the green place, and they're like, "Didn't you see it? You passed it if you got here." And like, dude, the heartbreak in that scene. But even they're unwilling to explain something. Remember, they say the crows came, right? Yeah. Did they mean the crows as in the actual crows? Or the weird dudes in bird suits the that they never explain yeah, who they are or what they're they doing They look like there. the Windrunners in, in uh, Dark Crystal. Yeah. So awesome. I like that they didn't explain those dudes. And it was so crazy pants. Now, there's a few things people have said they didn't like. Like, a, a few friends uh, said they didn't like the band. The, tra- the traveling band. The, the guitar with the flamethrower. Now, first of all... He's blind. He's I love that. He's on bungees. Yeah. The guitar actually shoots fire. That's not CG. So awesome. They built a guitar flamethrower. Yeah. Dude, who doesn't like that? I don't want to wow. say... I don't want to say assholes. <laughs> so, especially because uh, the two dudes that specifically I got in the thing... So, John Wren is a good friend. I don't know if he listens to the podcast, but he didn't like it. But Perry Shaw. In fact, Perry... Felt like the guitar player was one of the reasons that movie... Su- like, he should have said the movie was not that yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, he did. On social media. I said I would fight him. <laughs> there you go, fighting people again. <laughs> Perry, I would never fight you. I think you're the best. Yeah, you can take him, Perry, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, I'm tough. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but yeah. no, 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 I, I, but I bring that up not to just pick on Perry or John... But to say specifically that, I thought that was fun. I thought it was a, not only was it fun in a silly way, but it makes sense because uh, the the war boys feel to me like this like embodiment of masculinity. Yeah, this, weird this sort of male identity, yeah. cult thing. Yeah. And so the fact that they would need war music that to they go would to need war with. their own soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes it's, sense it's to me. Awesome. It's I part it of the fun. the Valhalla thing, mm-hmm. even the whole like witness thing. And the weird you know? spray paint on the mouth When they would thing. spray paint and they'd be yeah. like, witness! Yeah. And then they would do something crazy, awesome. you know? Sick. So good. So, so good. good. You're right. That's the world building aspect of that. that. That's what I feel like. That's such a good, I mean, it's such a <sighs> seamless way to introduce a world. Yeah. You know? Uh, did the did the non racial diversity bother you that there was only it one... actually didn't even occur to me till the second viewing first yeah. viewing I was so wrapped up in the action and the fun of it and really wrapped up uh, in the knowing going in that a lot of MRA types otherwise known as scumbags uh-huh. uh, mouth breathing monsters <laughs> uh, that a lot of those types were bummed on the movie made me pay attention to the female aspect a little bit more. Uh-huh. And while I think that they are overblowing it, like, oh, there's some strong Oops. female characters. Oh, no. Who can, and, and people, like I said, people at my job have been upset about that. I, I, I don't understand I don't understand it. at all how you could be like, dude, there aren't enough movies about strong white males. Like, exactly. Like, that's what you... That's, Here's the thing. It's not like it's some sort of rad femme movie. It's not like out there being like, yeah, the, not the cock is a weapon, kill. destroy yeah. it. You know, like... <laughs> not fighting the patriarchy. I mean, I guess they kind of are, but... You know. not, I mean, it is in the sense of there's... Like, literally, think about what some of these people... I'm not saying people at your work, but some of these people are saying is the movie 
involves the saving of sex slaves. And I find that to be feminist propaganda. Are you saying that if you're not a feminist, you're pro-sex slavery? (laughs) Are you saying that if you're not a feminist, you can't imagine a strong woman who could win? I mean, she doesn't even beat him up, really. They just hold... She just holds her own. And they're like... Irrational, crazy. It's it's so knee jerk and insane. I yeah, don't even understand it's such it. Such a ridiculous reaction. I and don't get me wrong. At all. Not that I don't respect the Furiosa character. Character's great. Charlize mm-hmm. Theron's performance, great. Amazing. The fact that the focus isn't on Max, although technically, in Road Warrior and Thunderdome, he's it's not, not the focus. He's not really the focus. Not yeah. in a strong way, you know. That, that put all that aside. I get all that. Uh, but I kind of expected more in that way because of the reaction. And then when it wasn't more, I thought, oh, these people really are insane. It's not that there's a strong feminist message. And so, therefore, people who aren't prepared for a strong feminist message are offended, which would still be okay with me. Mm. If you saw it and it really was straight up ideologically a movie about feminism and empowering women and breaking down patriarchy. I'm still in. That sounds great. George Miller, make the next one even more feminist, and I will give you all my money. I'll see it multiple times in the theater. It's not that I'm against that. I'm for that. What I'm saying is, it doesn't even go that far. It doesn't. It has a strong female figure. All of a sudden, it's like anti-men movie. What does that even mean? I don't even understand what that means. That's so ridiculous to me. It's so... absolutely no sense. It's so gross and stupid that I don't understand where it comes from. Yeah. There are positions I'm against that at least rationally makes sense to me Mm -hmm. and that's something that it's like you're letting it's like it's like when people are so pro cop that when like straight up like the guys who just went on trial because they were running a whole drug ring Mm. there were still people who were raising money for them and being like we have to defend our police officers like these dudes sold drugs and shot other drug (laughs) dealers they were just drug dealers in cop uniforms you're gonna come to their defense (laughs) to me that's so crazy that you're showing how crazy the whole thing is that's what this feels like people who are offended by Mad Max they're just insane people you're right no I totally agree I totally agree yeah on that level on that level, yeah, again, yeah, yeah, yeah. the lack of racial diversity. I'm ready for an Aboriginal man, and that's what I'm getting. That's I'm, what, what I was saying. Is I was so distracted by that second viewing. I did think that I thought a lot of white people in this in this uh, Australian desert. Yeah, in a weird now, and it was highlighted by the two times there are Aboriginal people on screen. Yeah, and they're like and you go, weird, poor hey, why is that people? one brown guy here? Where are all the other brown folks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, think, yeah. I, I, so you could make an argument that maybe one of the ladies was brown. I couldn't well, tell. Well, yeah, it was Zoe Kravitz, so yeah. yeah. she's a little... But I mean, like, dude, so the only other main-speaking character in the movie of color is a sex slave? That's yeah. what you're giving me? Like, that's that's a bummer, man. Like, you at least have more bad guys be, like, racially diverse. I it mean, is weird that there'd be that many people and none of them are Aboriginal. Yeah. I mean, even, 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 even in the crowd of poor people, if you're like, well... You know, uh, what's his, what's the main dude thing? Emoten Joe only likes yeah. white people, so he only has white people working for him. I could buy into that, but why Why aren't the peasants more brown? Yeah. Especially when you've got a crowd of a hundred or so peasants, and, and you see that one brown one guy, that one brown guy says yeah. to you, yo, where are all the other brown dudes? What's going on? <laughs> like, come on. What's that about? This is Australia, after all. This is the outback. This is where... Aboriginal I mean, maybe, people do you think Do you think we have the numbers wrong? Are there less Aboriginal people than we know? But you... Side note, I don't even have to say that because the other argument then would be Asian folks. We're all the Asians. Yeah. There are a lot of Asians in Australia right it's now. It's true. 
And the funny thing is, whenever people talk about this kind of thing, like the racial makeup of a movie, typically it's a, it's on a binary system, so it's like white versus black. But as an Asian man, I'm just like, dude, really? Like, you, you never see... <laughs> well, and the Asian thing has its own stereotypes because... There are so many movies where Asian women are objects of desire. Yeah, 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 that's true. But there's so few with Asian men are objects of desire. It's like Asian men can't be leading men. They can't be sex symbols. They I know. Can't be you got Han from the Fast and the Furious movies and they killed him. So, I mean, I'm just saying, dude, like, this movie, although I think was really, really, really good, if you give just a little bit of headspace to the concept of a racial... Of, of a racial perspective on a movie like this. Like, I don't want to be one of those dudes that's just like, well, it's a movie about white people, so I don't like it. You know what I mean? Cause no, I and, I, and, 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 I, and I certainly would never say, like, uh, racial homogeny is always and ever a bad thing. But yeah. to me, it's more an issue of when when every movie is so white... Why shouldn't I say there's too many movies with just all white casts yeah. and there should be more diversity there? Now, if all of Hollywood was diverse and George Miller, I mean, again, I'm not trying to attack George Miller, but let's say there was a lot of diversity in film and then someone said, how come there's not more brown people? And George Miller was like, well, I just didn't, I just didn't think about it. Sorry. Or it yeah. just wasn't a thing. That'd be something different. But I think at this point you can make an argument of like, Here's a movie, like for example, uh, what's the British, I think it's a British movie that's out now, um, Far From the Matting Crowd. Right. It'd be hard to watch that movie and go, there's not enough enough people of color in this movie. Because it's like, it's a movie about white people. I mean, it is literally a white people movie. And also the the other end of it is if you saw the Cinderella remake, there is one black dude in there and he's part of the guard. And it's like... If you understand cultural imperialism and the British perspective of other races, like, dude, that wouldn't have happened, and that shit is stupid. Like, I get it. You want to diversify the cast, but, dude, don't be an asshole about it. You know what I mean? At least do, if you're going to do that, I think the smart thing to do is just take any number of white main characters and just make them not white and just be like, that's what we did. They're not white. This is the world we live in. Deal with it. Yeah, racial. And, And I think you can make an argument. I do think there's a historical argument that we whiteify Europe too much. Okay. So there's a Tumblr, it's weird I'm citing a Tumblr, but it's a Tumblr <laughs> run by an actual academic, and it's called uh, Medieval People of Color in Art. And wow. it's basically saying that if you actually go back to medieval and renaissance art, that there's actually more representations of people of color than we acknowledge in European art, mm-hmm. which suggests, you know, if every fifth painting has a black dude in it, mm-hmm. that lets you know there are probably more. Black there are probably more black then, dudes yeah. back then than we realized. And the reality being... We assume then anytime there is a person of color, well, they were a slave. And if you look at the art, it's like, no, this was before chattel slavery. That yeah. The suggestion, I think, is that in order to justify chattel slavery, that Europeans whiteified their own history and made it seem like, oh, we've always been white. We've always been yeah. a consistent. And that's not true. There were Asians. They were darker. Like Parts of Spain were darker than others. Mm-hmm. There were people coming up from the Middle East and coming across from Africa. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think the idea that all of these nations were racially homogenous was part of the creation of the idea of race. Mm-hmm. But in reality, there were some we- some people there that if you went there now, you'd be like, yeah, it's a Filipino no, dude. Yeah. What's mm-hmm. up with that brown guy? What's up with the brown prince? Where did he come from? You know, that that's actually probably more accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same way that like a lot of people suggest, and this is a controversial one, but there's a lot of suggestion that the what we call the Vikings is like totally made up. Really? There were various, there was a variety of people who conquered other people. 
the habits of the Vikings are real, but the idea that there was one group of people mm-hmm. that we could call the Vikings is somewhat made up, mm-hmm. and that that terminology became really popular around about uh, Germany in the 40s. Oh, yeah, that this wow. was part of the creation of a kind of whiteness. Mm-hmm. And then in reality, there was a diverse amount of tribes that other than the fact that they like to get on boats and kill people, had nothing else in common. Um, <laughs> that's a big and common thing that I have. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, true. Lots of, lots of people are like, yo, let's get in the boat and go fuck some people, people up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. We're, we're way off topic, but I think we both felt like Fury Road was overall amazing. Yeah. I agree with you. The racial thing is a little weird. Yeah. It's not really, end of the world weird, but just No, it's, it's strange. Not, it's going to take away from from me thinking that that movie is perfect, is what it is. Because so, so much of the movie then is so good. Like, it's yeah. so well-directed. It's so action-packed. It's, it's so fun. so visually stimulating. Yeah. Like, and, like, again, the practical effects goes a long way for me. Yeah. Um... It looked awesome. Did you see it in 3D or did you see it? I saw both times in 2D. Oh, I saw it in 3D. Was it worth seeing it in 3D? I don't like 3D movies. So I'm going to say eventually for me, all 3D just becomes 2D anyway. So, you know, I don't know. It it didn't strike me as a movie that you have to see in 3D. That's fair. It is, though, I believe a movie that you have to see. I think that it's it's really that good. Um, uh, I want to talk a little bit. So one of the things that's come up in relation to this movie... Uh, and I think it's been in relation to other movies. Another example would be It Follows. Got this talk a little bit. But this concept of overhype. Okay. And yeah. I've played into this a little bit, and I've said stuff, and people have like come at me uh, about it. And so I, I, I've been thinking about it, and I think I want to agree with some of the people who critiqued what I said and say, I think maybe overhype is a myth. Mm-hmm. That overhype is a concept that doesn't actually that, – that it's not a real thing. And that people should just like stuff as much as they like stuff and not apologize for it. Mm-hmm. I think that um, apologizing for what you like is bad. Yeah. I think that the, a thing like a guilty pleasure has no place in, in the way we see the world. Because you shouldn't feel bad about what you like. Well, I you guess the I mean? like, overhype critique is connected to hyperbole. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of saying, like, well, nerds are just easily amused. And so, therefore, every time something is vaguely okay, Nerdy, yeah. they freak out and say something's something's amazing. It's the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. And that, quote-unquote, overhypes it. And then when you see it, you don't appreciate it as much because you just have... This the, concept in your head that it's going to be the craziest thing you've ever seen. Or the best thing you've ever seen. And part of the argument against that, which I think makes a lot of sense, is that people should just like what they like. And it's up to you. It doesn't matter that they think it's the greatest thing ever and you didn't think it was the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. People just disagree, and that's just life. Yeah. I also think, like, um, there's a lot of hyperbole critique. Mm. Uh, I actually had someone recently get really mad at me because something I said. And they were like, oh, the hyperbole generation. Which is really funny because I guess I just come across younger than I am. Because I think this dude's only a couple years older than me. (laughs) But he was, like, really offended by something. And I was just like... Something that you really liked or really hated? Uh, I didn't really... It wasn't a really anything. That's why this argument was so weird. I recently was talking about how... Uh, you know, being connected to a fest that does shows or whatever. Sometimes I interact with people whose experience with hardcore was mainly mainly in the Jesus hardcore area. And sometimes these folks have unrealistic expectations for the impact that those bands had on the rest of the scene. So they get surprised that your average hardcore kid has never heard Bloodshed. Bloodshed, strong arm, overcome, unashamed, focused. And I even said Blenderhead. I was like, Reality is, Blenderhead's a great band, but the average dude at a show in Philly right now is not like, never heard yo, I just got the Blenderhead album. <laughs> so dude. apparently, one of the guys who's in Blenderhead just searches the name Blenderhead on Twitter, found my tweet, and got, at first, 
at first he was jokingly offended. Uh-huh. He was not really offended. He played it really fine. He was just like, hey, that's not nice. And I think acknowledged that what I said was hyperbole. But I kind of pushed the point a little bit. One, because I didn't know he was in the band. <laughs> and two, because I thought my point was good. And I think it is good that, like, yeah. you might be the biggest Blunderhead fan in the world. And it might have been true that when they were a band, they probably played diverse shows. Uh-huh. Oftentimes with secular, with, bands, with secular yeah. bands and whatever. But you could say the same thing about... Uh, a band I think is amazing and should be important. Four Walls Falling. Yeah. That Four Walls Falling, as important as they were at the time, does not have the staying power. That if you yeah. did a Four Walls Falling reunion at This Is Hardcore, people would not yeah. come. Or so they wouldn't be excited. Like 1134. Yeah. No, um, great example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 411 maybe. Yeah. I don't know even more people would give a shit about 411. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, but you know what I mean? Like even, even uh, when we were at the... Uh, Benefit show, the Nate Benefit. Yeah. And what was the band that played... Uh, for the love of, oh yeah, but no, I was thinking of the other band. Uh, and because of six nine one, no, because oh, of e. what? No, other band. Uh, Political endeavor, endeavor. Far less people gave a shit than I thought because I thought Endeavor was huge, but they don't yeah. have the staying power. People aren't as excited anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how I was trying to say this Blunderhead dude. But I guess again, came off as you being <laughs> like I was saying his band was shitty and only Christians care about his band. Uh-huh. I'm sure there's some secular. What I meant was just the lasting staying power. And then he got defensive, like I didn't say we were as important as like the Cro-Mags. and I'm like, well, goddamn, I hope you didn't say that because Cro-Mags is one of the most important bands of all time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like come on. But no, I mean I wasn't trying to offend this dude. And again, I didn't know he was in the band, but I I, I still think my point stands is that. Sometimes you get so into, let's take away the Jesus aspect. Let's say local scene. Mm. Something was so important to you as a kid, you don't understand why people don't care anymore. Mm. But sometimes they don't. You know, yeah. they don't, yeah, it doesn't no. have the same sort Step of. Step ahead. But all that, all that to say, if I want to get on Twitter and hyperbolically say Fury Road was the greatest movie ever made, which I don't actually believe, and I uh-huh. didn't say that. I said Fury Road is probably my favorite film of 2015. Which I think is actually not hyperbolic at all. I think it's yeah. probably true. Mm. But then there are people who are like, oh, all these people overhyping Fury Road. What the fuck are they talking about? Why do we even care? Like, I also yeah, don't well, understand this idea that, like, the tide of opinion is going to wash you out. I'm, I don't get... I, I, I get annoyed by other people's opinions, but do I care that much about it? That, <laughs> that it's, it's like going to ruin an experience that yeah, you have? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, like, here's the thing. If somebody overhypes the movie, as the definition stands from what I hear from other people. Right. They're like, so they're saying, like, yo, Liam, this movie is the greatest thing you've ever seen in your entire life. And then you're going to walk into it being like, this is going to be the greatest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And then it's not. Right? So then, but if you really are going to do that then why bother watching the movie if you're just going to listen to what other people say? Yeah, like, I mean... Form your own opinion about it, and then if it is the greatest thing you've ever seen, then say it. But don't think that because someone else said that, you have to feel this way. Well, like I said, I think I got stoked on the idea of overhype, but I think I relate to it... Like I said, I used the term myself for a little bit there, but I think I'm recanting the term because I was relating it more to, like, hardcore bands. And mm-hmm. this is similar to what we're talking about. That there can be a band that, like, gets all this jazz around it. And then when you hear it, you're like, what is this about? Yeah. Why is this so exciting for everyone? Perfect example, Chokehold, playing This Is Hardcore this year. Yeah. A lot of people who are new kids don't know why the fuck we freak out over Chokehold playing. Sure. And it's like, I mean, another band, Unbroken. You yeah. give a, a new kid an Unbroken record, and the drumming's terrible. You know what I mean? It's so poorly recorded. But I can't tell you how many times I've listened to that record. Yeah. And I can't transfer that excitement to a kid who doesn't who wasn't there. Who doesn't yeah. know. You know what I mean? Like That's fair. So but I think I think for me though, I think the when it comes to these 
to movie culture, I do kind of feel like, who cares? Like, you should be able to go into a movie and not be worried too much about what everybody said about the movie. You should also be able to think whatever you think about a movie and not worry that other people are going to be upset with you about it. That's that's what it boils down to. I mean, don't get me wrong, like, there are certain movie opinions that... If you want to have a conversation with me about it, you better be able to defend your opinion. Yeah. Like when people, again, with Perry, I love Perry, but like if we had a conversation about Fury Road, I wouldn't be like, well, you know, you can hate it and I can love it. Live and let live. I mean, I'm not going to like actually fight Perry, but I'll argue with him about it. I'll be like, yeah, oh man, not, you're full of shit. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. I would hate to be like a movie critic where everything I say is exactly what everybody thinks. Right. Because then what's the point? We're both critics. We're both review movies for, for various media outlets. How would you feel if everything you wrote, everyone's like, well, Liam said it, so yeah, that's what it is. I mean, that would be weird. It would be awful. And it honestly, I don't even know how great a critic I am. Like, I feel like my best pieces of writing are less criticism and more reflection. Like, I'm just talking about how yeah. I feel, how the movie relates well, to things I care about more than just, like, and this is not a critique. This is not a, a critique. This is not a knock on people who are critics. Like, if you really see yourself as a critic, like, I think that's great. I actually think criticism is an important aspect of art and absorption. But I, I don't think I make a good critic because I don't think... I'm that interested when I see a movie and then explaining to someone else what you saw. Yeah, not in that way. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to describe the difference. But when mm-hmm. when I write, and I do write, I think you're right. I do at times write criticism where I new Blu-rays out. It got sent to me. I'm just going to talk about the what I liked, what I didn't like. That's mm-hmm. it. That's like the least interesting part of writing to me. When I'm like, I'm going to go back to this movie and I'm going to talk about why it it matters to me in a certain way or an aspect of it that I think is weird or something about it that connects to another movie. That's more interesting to me. And I don't know Mm. if that's criticism. I think that's more... Reactionary. Yeah, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a writing that's related to movies, but it's not uh, direct criticism (laughs) that way. Someone's going to someday write criticism about all my burps. Yeah, no, they're all going to be critiqued as awesome. So <laughs> I, I do, I do, I am interested to ask Mikey Smack sometimes because he's listening to these in order. Uh-huh. I think most people listen to a podcast and then it's a while before they listen to the next one. Yeah. But he's just listening to them, it seems like, almost every day. Uh-huh. I want to be like, listening to them in order, how many things do I say over and over again? And how often do I burp or make a gross noise? <laughs> You've gotten much better with the ums, I will say. You don't say it as much. Uh, <laughs> that's. I don't think that's true. I've actually now one of the reasons it takes me a while to get an episode up is I'll go through and I'll delete. You'll edit out the. Ums? I'll edit out at least half the ums. No shit. Wow. Usually, although I think today I have not been umming as much as I usually no, do. You, you, the past couple, you haven't been. I, I've been very. No, the last one was really bad. And I just edited it really yeah. hard. Well, I mean, even just listening to, or just recording it, I don't notice it. As it's well. a little less. Yeah, 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 for sure. I. I I think with ums or likes or the yeah, 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 I do sometimes, it's just because I'm thinking and I don't know how to no one, process. Listen, nobody thinks it's bad. It's just fun. I'm sure there's so many It's a thing bad. that makes me laugh. That's all. <laughs> it's cool. I just, this is one of the reasons why maybe radio is not the best medium for me because I don't think internally, like almost all the time. <laughs> the only time I think without making noise is when I'm by myself. If anyone else and is even here, then, even no then, I have definitely food. like sung to myself like, what am I going to make for dinner? Well, there's eggplant and there's turnips and there's some pork in the freezer. Maybe. I want some sausage. See, that's, that's why you have your pets so you can say you're talking to them. I'm a pretty good cook. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> My man knows his way around the kitchen. 
Anyway, we're we're we're, we're so I think we so far what we've established is uh, we both love Fury Road. Yeah, we would like to see more brown people in the next one, and we uh, don't agree with guilty pleasures or no. overhype. Yeah, I mean, I can straight up admit I, I I it's not that I agree with guilty pleasures. I will say there are things I like. Because of the audacity of how bad they are. Like, there's a certain kind of person who doesn't believe in guilty pleasures, who mm. therefore hates The Room. Because The Room is just a bad movie. And they're right. like, why would I enjoy a bad movie? There's a certain kind of bad that I do enjoy. And I get that that's like some ironic hipster bullshit. But the difference for me is that that window is very small. Uh-huh. What bothers me about the super irony folks is that they'll go to fucking uh, Total Recall, uh, fucking The French Connection, uh, Blue Velvet... Someone was actually at a screening of Blue Velvet where people are giggling. If you can giggle through Blue Velvet, You're not I watching. seriously yeah, hate dude. you. I actually Come have yeah. a negative opinion of your existence. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear that. I hear that. So but. it's not that. It's just like there are people who sincerely make a movie and they fail and it's in an amusing way. Now, there are plenty of movies that are bad that are not amusing. Yeah. I just think The Room is funny. It makes me laugh. The mistakes make me laugh. I've if, never seen it. Yeah. Or I'll say this too. Uh, a movie like Barbarella. Okay. It's not that I'm laughing at the mistakes. It's that it's so ridiculous that it's fun. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't believe this movie exists. Yeah. But I'm going to have fun with it. I actually had an experience with that recently because I just watched Prayer for Death. What is that? I don't know it's what that is. It's a ninja movie starring Shokasugi that came out. In, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's a dude. He moves to San Fran with his fam. And then uh, just all this shit happens and they kill his wife. And then he, he incurs his... Uh, his prowess as a ninja and the, ninja. Movie, the movie is he goes after the gangster thug dudes in a metal cowl that has a ninja fucking star right in the front like between the eyes it's amazing that's bad. sick actually it's so bad but man what a movie his children are ninjas me and Anthony were discussing my brother Anthony and I were discussing this recently about how like for some reason in the 80s we were obsessed with young Asian kids doing karate because you were young Asian kids. Granted, what's, what is? Um, what do you mean? Some reason, dude? No, 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 no. Movies like um, uh, there was the one Three Ninjas, Three Ninjas, but that kid was in another Surf movie. Ninjas. Ernie Reyes Jr. was in the uh, um, fuck. What movie was that? He he does karate in another movie. The Black Dragon or Last Dragon isn't that him in there? The, the oh, little kid in there. Yeah, maybe. And we're yeah. like, oh yeah, man, it's so cool. But it's like, dude, if I was twelve years old kicking the grown ass man, that man is not going to give a shit about my little ass foots. So as fast as they're flying, I don't care how good at nunchucks I may be. I'm just saying. But man, watching that movie recently, I was just like, this, this is the shit though. It's bad. It's really bad. But man, it's so good. Um, I I will say this too. We talked about this a little bit with Ninja Busters, another movie that's bad but in a really fun way. Um, why do you need an army of ninja? It just seems like when you have an army of them, those must be pretty poor ninja. The whole point of ninja is that you don't need an army. Once you have enough fighter dudes to have an army, you are officially past ninja stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, I mean, like, dude, that goes along with the same logic of, like, ninjas having to wrap their faces. Whereas all Asian people, you know, there's a stereotype that we all look a lot alike anyway. Oh my god, Josh. I'm gonna say it. (laughs) You know... Like, this is the if we had if we had an audience to offend, this is when we've lost them. When Josh gets on and says, We all look alike anyway. Dude, I'm just saying it's not gonna be like you're gonna be looking and it's like, is that Josh or Anthony? It's like we're both bald with glasses. No, and you guys don't look anything alike. People have said to me and Anthony, like, yeah, of course you're brothers. And other people have been like, You guys know each other? Like, 
you know, but I'm just saying there is a stereotype that exists in our racially diverse and non-gender specific podcast that we, we preach to. I think the Asian people look a little bit alike. I don't agree. <laughs> you might not. I might not. I'm just saying, do you really have to wrap all their faces up if you have an army of ninja? Really? <laughs> Well, I do think once you have an army, the whole value of a ninja is the sneaking up thing. Yeah. An yeah, army yeah. of ninja cannot sneak anywhere. That's and it's true. especially in a Miami connection when they ride motorcycles. <laughs> you're like, oh, so you're not ninja at all. You're just guys in shitty outfits. Yeah. Oh, man. So good, though. So, I know, good. so good. Okay, yeah. let's do our uh, things we're excited on. Things we are excited about. So um, in the news, something that really makes me excited is that... Um, you know, we, me and Melani, are huge fans of Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Sure. Um, we just saw Jonathan Cameron Mitchell, who uh, reprised his role as Hedwig, the original creator. Before that, we saw the guy from Dexter do it. And then before that, we saw MPH, no Patrick Harris. Sure. The next slated Hedwig person who's going to be playing Hedwig on Broadway, Tay Diggs. Whoa. So, the last time we saw it, Yitzhak was played by um, an African-American lady. And, you know, Yitzhak traditionally is a Slovak, you know, white lady, right? But seamless. Not a problem at all. Sure. But transitioning to a black headwig, I'm like, yo, that is awesome. That yeah. is so cool. Yeah. And I, okay, so after seeing Hedwig three times at the at the Belasco Theater, I'm like, that's it. We're done. We don't have to see Hedwig anymore. We saw yeah. it with JCM. We saw it with MPH. Like, you know, we're good. I think I have to go see Tay Diggs as Hedwig now. Can Just you because, take me this time? Because I've never seen it. Oh, you've seen the movie, though. Uh, yeah. Okay, so the play is is that, but it's awesome. I'm it's very so interested. In, I'm and very I mean, interested in It's a punk rock it. Broadway play. Yeah. So we will take you. But Tay Diggs, dude, that is huge. And then I was like, so me and me and I were talking about it. We were like, did Tay Diggs do Broadway? Can he sing? Because, like, the vocal range that you need to play Hedwig is pretty huge. Big. Huge. Yeah, he was in Rent. Oh, I didn't realize I that. I didn't realize that either. I was like, mm. yo, this might work. <laughs> Good. So, good. so so that's something I'm way stoked on. I want to see <laughs> your rent first nation so good. Hey Diggs came from rent as his Broadway background because in the movie, you know, Yitzhak wants to be a cast member. No, that's rent, true. So that's very true. Yeah. So it's really I, I think it's really fun. Um so I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to um at the end of this month, we have tickets to see Jonah Montrena next week. Sure. At the church. Um, tickets to see Reviver. Tickets to see... Um, we got tickets to see Chris Hardwick this Friday. Oh, is that the sold out Friday? show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We got tickets Shit. to see Chris Hardwick. So, with it sold out, Milani is a wizard. She got the tickets. We're going to see Chris Hardwick. So, I would be so stoked on that, but I have something else this weekend. What are you stoked on? So, this weekend is... The uh, weekend-long drive-in zombie film. Oh, Mahoning Drive-In, why must you be so awesome on a weekend that I'm working? So Josh isn't going to be around. Because I'm working. uh, He's working all weekend. If I wasn't working, make no mistake, it will be my first tent experience watching those zombie movies. It's three movies a night, right? So uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, I moved up to the Lehigh Valley. Mm -hmm. And near me, there's a place called the Mahoning Drive-In. And I actually won a pass to the Mahoning Drive-In for the whole summer, which I have yet to use. You are fucking up. I can't help it. I keep being really busy and I'm not able to do it. But I think they're great. I feel bad I haven't gotten to support them yet, but they're really awesome up there. They are running this film thing. They're trying to make it on film. And so, of course, anyone who's trying to make it on film is eventually going to work with Exhumed Films. Like, mm-hmm. they, 
besides, you guys know we interviewed Joseph, we interviewed Dan. That we consider them members of the Cinepunks family. Yeah, extended yeah, family, totally. Yeah. They're good dudes, and we love what they do. Uh, I mean, the whole last episode was about X-Fest. So they're doing, it's a six-movie run for the weekend, so each night is three different That's zombie so movies. so good. Um, we ran through the lineup a little bit on the last show. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to run through it again now, mostly because I don't have it in front of me. But uh, if you want to go, I don't know if this episode will even be up before it happens, but I'm hoping it will be. Uh, I would recommend coming out for at least one night, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, each mm-hmm. night, different lineup. And then it's it's only $10. And then if you want to crash, like you don't live anywhere near the Mahoning, dri- Mahoning Drive-In. They let you camp. They let you camp for $10. If you're a friend of mine, you can come stay at my apartment, too. I live, like, 35, 40 minutes from the Mahoney Drive-In. Mm. So that's also a possibility. But so far, no one's hit me up to stay at my apartment. Um, and that's fine. I don't care. But uh, I'm only going Friday and Sunday because I'm going to a wedding on Saturday. So I don't think I'm going to make a Saturday night. Mm. I might go after the wedding, but I doubt it. Uh, but I think going to the whole thing is totally worth it. And we support that, again, not just because of Exhumed, who we love and they know that we love them, mm. but Mahoning Drive-In. I think we've both talked about maybe doing an episode with the Mahoning Drive-In guys to talk about that, yeah. to go to the drive-in and record it there. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, but I just think it's neat that they're trying to maintain this historic drive-in and let you guys know it's so beautiful there. It's like in this valley, up in the mountains. It's very picturesque. The screen is huge. I think they said it's like the second largest screen in the country. It's just an amazing, amazing place. So uh, if you have the time and ability, I recommend to go to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. And also, just I'd like to take a chance to uh, to shout out to um, the Delcy Drive-In as well in, near Vineland, Delcy, New Jersey. Okay. For, um, that is the spot for me. I mean, Mahoney's a little far for us, but the Delcy Drive-In is awesome. For drive-in movies and summer experience. And um, if you are around for that, they do double features every Friday and Saturday. And it's a really, really fun time. So um, big up to them, which uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk about more this summer when we go there and see movies that are awesome. So um, another thing that we're looking forward to, of course, I just said it earlier, uh, Fucked Up are going to be playing the International House. So it's our venue for movies and we love it. But, dude, we're going to see Fucked Up there, and that shit's going to be unbelievable because there's not one time when I have been in the big theater where they're showing the movies where I have not thought about seeing a show there and thought to myself, like, this is too perfect to do a show here. So Yeah, I, I'm actually really, not that I'm surprised they got that, but I'm, like, so amazed that it's happening. Yeah, it's I'm so really cool. curious how it's going to be. Yeah, so I think it'll be, be a good time. Um, so we're looking forward to that. Is there anything else? I think Exhumed has another thing coming up. Oh, the yeah, House, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Massacre Triple Feature. Massacre Triple Feature, and we will be selling Cinepunks t-shirts there. Oh, so yeah, 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 yeah. If yeah. you want one, you Now, is that at iHouse, or is that at Filamoca? That is at the iHouse. Okay. Yes, so... Okay, I didn't know if there was some other Filamoca stuff coming up or not. Um, the Filamoca stuff that's coming up that I'm stoked on is a radioactivity show. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. I yeah. can't even wait for that. That's yeah. going to be amazing. So, yeah. um, you know, and... Um, yeah, that's all I could think of at the moment. Is there any other film no, stuff happening that you're stoked on? No. There probably is, and I'm just forgetting, but let's go ahead and say no for now. Okay. No uh, for now works. Again, if you uh, want us to promote something... Oh, do we need to promote a screening for that gentleman? We will talk about it after... Um, well, on the 11th, there is going to be a screening at the Trocadero of a movie called Dead Weight by local filmmaker Ian Kimball. <coughs> God bless you. And... Um, <coughs> God bless it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's a locally produced horror movie. 
And um, it's going to be a good time. We're hoping to have Ian on the show. Yeah. So we could talk to him about the movie and uh, we can review it and stuff like that. And we can uh, hype people up for the, the screening on the 11th. But if you're around in Philadelphia on June 11th, uh, come out to the Trocadero and there will be screening, I believe it starts at 8 p.m. And I think this is a good test like to see who's actually listening to the show. Yeah. Do you have a film event? Do you have a rock and roll show? Do you have a rock and roll Do band? Do you have an art thing? Whatever it is you want us to talk about and promote, you just got to hit us up. And we're still looking for guests. We have a few people we've talked to about mm-hmm. doing stuff recently, but there's also people we haven't heard from in a while. Uh, if you listen to this show regularly and you're thinking, I want to be a guest. Which, if you're listening to it regularly, you could totally be a guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only person I consider I consistently mess with is Justin Harlan. Sonny. Uh, well, Sonny's banned. That's different. And Sonny doesn't <laughs> listen to the podcast anyway. Sonny he literally listened to the first one because we had the event together and I kept harassing him about not listening. He's like, I listened to an episode. You guys didn't talk about that many movies. That's what he said. <laughs> but Justin um, uh, is definitely going to be a guest. I just like to mess with him because we have a, like an adversarial relationship. Mostly because he has really bad taste and I like to fuck with him about <laughs> that. Amazing. But, uh, but uh, but I no, I mean, he, Justin, he's definitely, so you know. no, he's he's great. He's actually the greatest guy. <laughs> and we're going to have him on. But we would love to have people on, especially, uh, and no offense to people who don't, but if you do something related to film or music, mm. that makes you even more of someone we want to yeah, have on. Yeah, of course. Well, I was also already speaking with Joe Goff of War Emblem. And, oh, uh, very cool, very him cool. And Stephen Dyer want to do a show with us, and I want to do have them on, and we can discuss... Apocalypse movies because we didn't get a chance to discuss Oh, that's it true. Today. We didn't talk about that. But, um, what, which ones were we going to talk about? 1990 Bronx so Warrior? 1990 Bronx Warriors, Fat Man and Little Boy. Never seen it. Um, it's pretty intense. Um, just a bunch. There's so many. I mean, what's, and the, then, what's the one, Assassins of the Year 20 or Year 3000 or something? Like yeah. yeah. I don't know, but there's so many that we can, there's yeah. so many ways. I mean, like, you know, it, again. Ex Machina can be considered an apocalypse movie. You like think so? Yeah, Blade Runner can be considered an apocalypse movie. There's I movie. wouldn't agree with that. Well, it's not a post-apocalyptic movie in the sense of like that that the Road Warrior I think established. Okay, well, but I mean that's I think it'll be fodder for a good discussion. We're gonna argue. So yeah, much. it's gonna be so much fun. <laughs> so, okay, um, we should probably wrap up. Yeah, that's that's what it is. But uh, thanks for listening. Uh, and episode twenty nine's in the can. And we will talk to you guys somewhere on down the road. Oh, also, uh, I want to give a shout out to my man, Jeremiah Nelson, who has ordered a Cinepunks t-shirt, and uh, it should be on its way to you. You are literally... Oh, Jeremiah, he's a good dude. He's literally the only person who was like, yo, I want the shirt, can you can you mail me one? And I did. Uh, I think <laughs> I think other people hit me up about a shirt, oh, okay. but I'll send them to you, because I right, think right, Ed right. Travis wants one. Oh, nice, 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 nice. And nice. I think... Uh, so let's also say this. If you would like one of our beautiful, either Los Crudos Should prints, they email you or Cinepunks? Uh, email me at Josh T. Alvarez, J-O-S-H-T-A-L-V-A-R-E-Z at gmail.com and uh, we'll, we'll talk about it because address you know, shirt size yeah you know well, and you can paypal to that uh, email address and all that stuff so you'll work it out with that we'll work it out we'll you're gonna email out. Josh though don't email but email Cinepunks if you want to be on the show no matter what though Jeremiah you are the first person that's no cool matter, that he was the first one you are the number one you are patient zero I think he asked me actually and I was like I don't know <laughs> I think he directly asked me and I was just like meh meh I don't well, know yeah, congratulations. You're, you're um, a prince we, among men. We are selling and, them on the internet now, so hit yeah, us up. I guess so. Anyway, thank you for listening, and smoke bomb! Boom.